Deborah, the wife of Lepidos, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Nephali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Nephali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Well, hello, church. It is a joy to be continuing our Women of Faith series this morning. My name is Sophie, and I'm on the staff team here at St. Saviour's Church. And today we are looking at the life of Deborah, and we're going to be thinking about three ways that we can learn from her example as a woman of faith. But before we get there, I want to start by giving some context to help us place Deborah in the story of Israel, building on the context that Sonia shared with us last week. Sonia started our series by looking at Rahab, and she recapped the journey of the Israelites from their captivity in Egypt to their time in the wilderness and how they entered the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. And while the Israelites had entered the land, other nations remained there as well. So the Israelites didn't have full possession of it. Towards the end of his life, Joshua instructs the Israelites of the way that they should live in the land in order to prosper. He tells them to keep the law and he tells them to keep their focus on God. He warns them not to turn away from God and not to be influenced by the other nations that live in the land. The book of Judges starts with the death of Joshua, and it says that a generation grew up that didn't know him or what the Lord had done for them, and it all began to go wrong from there. The Israelites were influenced by the other nations that lived in the land. They failed to keep the law, they failed to keep their focus on God, and they turned away from God. And because of this, rather than prospering in the land, they were overpowered and they were occupied by the other nations. And eventually they turned back to God and they cried out to him for help. And in response, God raised up judges to lead the people of Israel and to deliver them from danger. And these judges weren't judges as we understand them today in a law court setting, but they were leaders of Israel before Israel was governed by kings. And there's a clear cycle that we see throughout the book of Judges. The Israelites fail to keep the law and they fail to keep their focus on God. They're then overpowered and they're occupied by other nations. They cry out to the Lord for help because of the oppression that they're facing. And God sends a judge to rescue his people. And we see that cycle again 
and again and again throughout the book of Judges. The Israelites fail to keep the law and they fail to keep their focus on God. They're overpowered and they're occupied by other nations. They cry out to the Lord for help because of the oppression that they're facing. And God sends a judge to rescue his people. Enter Deborah. Deborah is one of the judges that God sends to rescue his people. Our passage says that she was leading Israel at the time. And while the life of Deborah feels worlds apart from 21st century Sunbury on Thames, I think that there are three ways that we can learn from her example today. Firstly, Deborah was guided by God. Deborah was guided by God. Our passage tells us that Deborah was a prophet. Deborah is the only judge in the book to be described as a prophet. The next leader of Israel to be described as a prophet is Samuel, which is in the next book of the Bible. And in this way, Deborah is distinctly different from the other judges of Israel who are known as warriors. Gideon is described as a mighty warrior. Samson is known for his strength. Deborah is a prophet. One commentary explains that prophets were men or women who were believed to be recipients of divine messages that they passed on to others by means of speech or symbolic action. In our passage this morning, we see how this is true of Deborah. Deborah received divine messages and she shared them by speech and symbolic action. In other words, Deborah was guided by God. She listened to God and she responded to the word of God. And this was foundational to her leadership of Israel. For example, we read that Deborah held court and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. And this is understood to mean that the people would come to her expecting a divine word regarding their present crisis. Deborah settled disputes by wisdom and guidance from God. We then read that Deborah sent for Barak and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. This command doesn't come from herself, but it's the word of God. It's God that commands Barak into battle, not Deborah. Deborah was guided by God. Her, her counsel and her instruction and her leadership were a response to listening and responding to the word of God. How can we be guided by God today? Well, one of the episodes of the Alpha film series is called How Does God Guide Us? Scripture, circumstantial signs, common sense, prayer, advice from other Christians, visions, dreams, prophecy, an audible voice are all mentioned as ways that God guides us and speaks to us today. In other words, the way that God speaks are limitless. He's a good father and he loves to guide his children. The question is, do we make space to listen. Bishop Stephen Cottrell, the Archbishop of York, writes that we can only hear God speak when we make space to listen to him. 
He says that we need to look at God and listen to God in order to hear him speak. When we pray, do we make space to listen? In our day-to-day lives, do we look out for the ways that God is at work and speaking to us? I know that for me, the answer is often no and no. Often my prayer life can look very one-sided. I can forget that it's a relationship and that not only can I speak to God, but that God can speak to me. I tell God everything that I'm thinking and feeling, and then I stop there. I don't make the space to listen. And in my day-to-day life, I'm offered so blinkered by the activities of the day that I forget to look for the ways that God is speaking, or I realize them once the opportunities passed. The ways that God speaks are limitless. He loves to guide his children. Do we make space to listen? So first, Deborah was guided by God. Second, Deborah celebrated the gifts of others. In every other case in the book of Judges, there's one single hero, one single rescuer. In this story, we find three. While Deborah was the leader of Israel, the victory was won with the help of Barak, a military leader, and Jael, who we read about later in the chapter. Unlike the other judges of Israel, Deborah is not a warrior. And Tim Keller explains that instead of trying to be both ruler and rescuer, Deborah identifies Barak as a military leader who can lead the army of Israel. She passed on the commission to him. And we also read that Deborah celebrates the part that Jael plays in winning the victory as well. Deborah doesn't try to be the hero. She doesn't try to do everything in her own strength. She celebrates the gifts of others. I'm going to adjust my mic because I feel like I'm... There we go. Hopefully that's a bit better. How can we celebrate the gifts of others? Well, I am a big superhero fan, and Simon and I recently watched the film Shazam. There is a spoiler alert coming, so if you haven't seen it, feel free to cover your ears now. And in the film, 14-year-old Billy Batson becomes a superhero, Shazam, but he's a bit of a rubbish superhero on his own. He's not really a superhero at all. He's just a teenager with some special powers. It's only when his five siblings become superheroes too that together they live up to their name and they save the day. They were able to do more together than they could ever do alone. And in all honesty, I actually think that celebrating the gifts of others can be really challenging at times. I'm sure that I'm not alone as someone that struggles with comparison. It pains me to admit it, but I can look at the gifts of others and think about all the ways that they are more gifted than me. And that's not healthy, and it doesn't lead to celebrating the gifts of others. But the truth is that each of us has something unique to offer. I can't do what you can do, and that is good. Together, we can do more than we could ever do alone. 
We read this in 1 Corinthians 12, which talks about the body of Christ. We're one body with many parts, and we need all of the parts in order to function. And we see this relationality in the very character of God, in his very being. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. It's relational. Together, we can do more than we could ever do alone. So first, Deborah was guided by God. Second, Deborah celebrated the gifts of others. And finally, Deborah gives God all the glory. Ultimately, under Deborah's leadership, an important victory was won for the Israelites. Yet despite this victory happening under her leadership, Deborah gives God the glory. In Judges 5, a chapter on from the passage that we heard today, we find a song of Deborah, which is one of the oldest poems in the Bible, one of the very first worship songs. And in this song, we see Deborah glorify God for all that he's done. She recounts the victories of Israel and she sings praises to God. She literally repeats the words, praise the Lord. She points away from herself and towards God as the one who rescues his people. She glorifies God for all that she's done. Deborah gives God the glory. How can we give God the glory in our lives? Well, I think that the answer, very simply, is to praise his name, to look at our victories and to point away from ourselves and towards God as the one who's done it, to acknowledge the ways that he is at work in our lives to realize and recognize his sovereignty over our lives, to glorify God for all that he's done and all that he continues to do and all that he can do. Which feels like a good time to invite the band back up to sing praises to God, to glorify God together. So if you are able to stand, would you like to stand now and let's pray together. How can we be guided by God today? How can we celebrate the gifts of others? How can we give God the glory in our lives? As we've looked at the example of Deborah and asked ourselves those three questions, perhaps one of them particularly stood out to you. Perhaps it spoke into a situation in your lives. And I encourage you to focus on that now as we move into a time of worship, of glorifying God. Maybe it's a relationship or your workplace or school. Father, we make space now. We make space to listen to you. We ask you what it is that you want to say to us today.
how can we look at the story of Deborah and be inspired in our walks with you?